Kevin, thank you for being with us today. Um, we asked you to be here because you have a unique perspective, I think, on this situation that's going on right now. And you come from a wealth of experience in the tech industry, and you've now taken on a new role in the midst of this pandemic. Do you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about how that transition went for you and what it's meant to how you've navigated this time? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, 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 uh, it's my pleasure to be here with you and Nikki today. Um, yeah, so I'm now 10 weeks into a transition um, to a new, I'm a new CEO. Uh, 10 weeks into the, into my new, uh, opportunity. And, um, you know, as I was uh, saying, as we first got on the, on, on the uh, phone here, you know, I'm excited and, and exhausted at the same time. It's been a very interesting time, um, to go through a transition like this with, um, sort of everything going on, uh, around us. Mm. And why don't you tell us a little bit about the company that you're at and the circumstances okay. there of the organization? Yeah, so um, it's a it's a it's a startup. You know, it, uh, the company did a Series B fundraise about a year ago. Um, it's grown like crazy. Um, it's in the Washington D.C. area. It's a it's a cyber uh, security uh, learning and development uh, platform company. Um, you know, really interesting in that in that um, like a lot of startups, the whole thing was built around you know. T people being together in an office, like crammed together, um, sort of everything, everything, you know, kind of ran, um, as that is the backbone of how things worked. Right. It's not, it's not, uh, I don't think atypical of a startup environment in that regard, but certainly, you know, what, what happened with COVID and, 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 you know, kind of disrupted that in a pretty big way. Um, and has been something that I had to really, uh, think about as I, as I came in, into the company. Mm. Well, how, how was that? I mean, I know it was prior to your time, so you probably got told the story of how that went, the transition yeah. into a quarantine period, and then the employee's reaction to that and maybe the impact on the culture and the community. What was that that you were walking into? Yeah, well, you know, I had gotten some advice from some wise people that said, hey, you know, when you come into this, you should do a lot of listening, <laughs> you know, uh, try, try, try to avoid uh, some heavy decisions in the first, right at first, you know, be a good listener. And I was very much trying to follow that advice. And uh, uh, literally, even before I started, um, you know, I, I was I was asked to weigh in on a couple of things. Um, uh, and this was before my start, before I was even there, step foot in the place. Um, and the first one was about, hey, um, should we force employees back right into the office because there's some sort of things about the way the company ran that uh, aren't working as good, you know, with everybody being remote and, you know, we've got some stuff we need to fix. And, you know, we think, you know, kind of being back in the office would really accelerate that. So, you know, how do you think about, you know, let's send an announcement out, get, make, you know, telling everybody to get back. Um, and then the second thing was, Oh, by the way, like, should we tell them to wear masks or, you know, like, how's this whole mask thing going to work? And oh, by the way, the vac you know, the vaccination, are we going to have every employee sort of, you know, prove, give us their cards? And and I'm thinking, you know what, like, this is pretty heavy for I having stepped foot in the place before because uh, Nikki will know this, I'm a sailor. So I think about like decision making as below the waterline decisions and above the waterline. 
you know, like uh, I want to be pretty involved in the below the waterline decisions uh, if they potentially could sink the ship. And I wasn't quite sure, is this above the line or below the line? But it certainly felt like something that I needed to think about. Um, definitely, there were, I knew that there would be you know, sort of this cultural thing. So, um, you know, what, what I had to think about, I, I didn't really have, uh, I mean, I heard the stories. And in fact, as, as you know, I was coming kind of uh, in those, the first month really leading up for, to my first day, talking to the founders and some of the, some of the key people, um, they would tell me stories and they would show me sort of PowerPoint presentations about, you know, the company. And it was interesting because um, it always showed pictures of people smashed together in a small room. Uh, and they were, and they, it was just something, it was just um, something I noticed that they didn't, I don't even know, noticed, but, I'm, but it really made me think about, okay, um, this whole thing is really important, you know, into this culture and it's been disrupted and we're looking for a, a way forward, but don't know. So I didn't have the background of being there through all that. Uh, but I, but I certainly had to chart the course ahead, uh, with the team. And so I had to go to purpose because I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't there for all the, the ways that the methods were done, you know, before, uh, but, but so I started just really thinking about, okay, well, um, why is it that, you know, the thing was working the way it was, what was the purpose? Um, and then what, what should our purpose be now? And the only other thing I'll tell you, which is, um, interesting kind of coming in, which is, um, the company had just, you know, they had just gotten a series B, they had just gotten, I, I got to show you, I got to bring you to this, this, uh, facility. Our facility is beautiful. Um, it is an amazing facility there, uh, uh, in, in Maryland. Um, just wonderful. Like one of the coolest places I, I, I could think about working in terms of a, a facility and, and they had just like built this thing and got it all ready and they didn't even, didn't, weren't even able to go into it. Ugh. You know, so we had this, you know, think of about a startup, uh, with a culture built around being in a, you know, being together getting disrupted. And then they had, they had been so excited about building this, this awesome facility and never got to, you know, never got to go into it. So that was, that was my walking in position. You know, Kevin, I'm, I want to go back to what you said about purpose for a moment. Cause I think it's really interesting <laughs> that you have people throwing questions at you before you even step in the actual door, like, Hey, should we force people to come back to the office? And by the way, should they wear masks? And oh, and also, should we force them to be vaccinated and prove it? You know, <laughs> just a few <laughs> little questions. Yeah. And you naturally then said, well, "Wait a minute, we have to step back." And in what purpose do we stand to have those conversations? So, what did you arrive at, and and how did you get there? So, what? What's the purpose you're standing in to deal with these questions about how do we design our work environment? Yeah. Well, the first thing I had to do is I had to feel okay with taking my time. You know, I feel okay about that because I, I will say, you know, the, the context that I described about ha having this new sort of awesome facility, but not being able to you know get into it and sort of, you know, the whole, the whole, you know, a lot of the operating system of the company kind of being based on being together um, in the same place and um some of those things not working anymore there was there was a, a lot of there was a lot of urgency and eagerness to kind of get some decisions and you know there was a ceo search going on so you know 
during those times, a lot of, a lot of decisions kind of just get, they get put on the shelf until new person gets there. So there was a lot of pent up like desire to make some decisions pretty quick. And I had to fight that urge uh, to sort of, you know, to, to, to do that and say, I really need to, I really need to hear it from the team. Like I, re I really need to get my foot in the door. I really need to talk to people and figure out, you know, what's showing up for everybody. And um, that, that, that was sort of the process that I worked through. And um, so one of the things I asked the team to do uh, was, you know, I said, Hey, I'd really like, I'd really like for me personally, cause I don't know them. I'd like to know the facts. Um, and when I, when they said, what do you mean facts? And I said, well, what, does everybody work in this area? Did everybody come into the office before? Do we have any remote employees? You know, um, if, if so, where are they? You know, cause I, I thought maybe some people might've moved you know, during this whole thing. Like, uh, how do people you know feel about working in the office? I know that the people I've talked to were very passionate about it, but I hadn't talked to everybody. Is everybody passionate about it? Why do people come in the office? Hey, has productivity, you know, uh, been improved or hurt by this, like those kinds of facts, mm -hmm. um, quantifiable stuff we could put on a piece of paper. The second thing was, okay, if, if we can all align on those facts, because I was actually hearing a lot of opinion, mm -hmm. right? A lot of opinion. And so I wanted to get facts that we could say, Hey, the leadership team and the team sort of has the same sheet and then talk about, okay, based on that, well, what, what are our options? Because it wasn't actually really all that clear either about, well, can we, you know, ask people to come back right now? And this was, you know, this was obviously uh, a while back, but, you know, can we do that? Uh, what do we, what do we have to do? Can we do that in a way that's safe, you know, puts, puts the health and, and safety of our employees first. And, you know, so, you know, just the, the alternatives that were, you know, we weren't quite, I wasn't quite sure anyway, what those, what all of those alternatives were. And then could we start to talk about the, um, okay, make some decisions and then what it, what it was going to mean in terms of what commitments everybody was going to have to make. Because as I was kind of getting in and talking to different leaders, um, uh, I'll tell you a quick story. So I, I, t I talked to one of the, the leaders because uh, there was a policy that they had. It was basically a return to, return to office policy that was presented to me saying, hey, let's, we, we want you to send this out and kind of, and I looked at it and, you know, I said, hey, I, I need some time. I started calling around some of the, the different uh, team leaders. And I remember talking to one of them. I won't, I won't uh, give it up here. Who that, but I, I talked to one of them. I said, hey, what do you think about this? Because <clears throat> I know your team is, I, you know, it's my understanding. Your team has quite a few remote people in it. And uh, sounds like they want to be remote. But this policy says that they wouldn't be remote. Like, how does that land on you? And they said, you know, hey, I, I think it's fine. I'm not worried about it. And I said, really? Why, why aren't you worried about it? And they said, well, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna grant exceptions and vetoes to, to all that. <laughs> and I said, well, that's an interesting. That's an interesting policy. Then, um, if if you know, we're just gonna veto it and and, and kind of do, do so. So that then doubled my 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 thought of like, I really need to think about this. Um, you know not only is it the policy, but what, what are our commitments, you know, to one another in this whole thing? Um, and, and making sure that that was, that was well thought through. So, you know, that was sort of the process we went through, which is getting facts on the table. That was actually really great. I'm glad we did that, you know, knowing, knowing, you know, who lives where and, you know, how far away they are and 
how many remote people we had. I mean, a lot of people will know that because they weren't, you know, not coming into the, you know, for the first time. But for me, I, I didn't know those things. So that was an important factor. Um, and then really kind of laying out the alternatives because, and, and we kind of then said, okay, let's, we got to have something that we can kind of, you know, hang our hat on uh, to be consistent. So um, let's don't try to be scientists, you know, like, you know, let's just figure out, you know, and we decided ultimately that CDC, like we would use the CDC guidelines um, as how we were going to do that, whether we like them or not, you know, and they, you know, we were, we were just going to say, be consistent with, with that, you know, and so pick something to be consistent with, I would say, we picked the CDC guidelines for, okay, when it's sort, you know, people can start coming back together, um, what guidelines to follow in terms of gathering and masks and vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. So that was, you know, that was a good thing in terms of the alternatives that we looked at. Um, um, and then, you know, the, 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 the conclusions and commitments part of it was, you know, we really decided on a hybrid, you know, we, we, we decided that we wanted to be purposeful, um, about coming back, you know, uh, to the office. Our purpose was really about growth and, um, and, and team. And so we thought, okay, Hey, well, how does growth and team, you know, how does that show up for everybody? And it was really interesting group by group. It was a little different, right? But we found some pockets where it's like, okay, um, well for product management, engineering, and, 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 and maybe marketing, um, there's some natural acceleration that those teams get when they're able to kind of get in a room and whiteboard and do some stuff together. That was a little slower when they were all doing, you know, zoom calls. Um, and we said, so we said, uh, ultimately what I wanted to do, I wanted to create a policy, um, that would, that would lessen the ambiguity, but really empower the leaders of the, of the teams to make, to make decisions for their teams um, with the purpose of growth and teamwork. And so, so based on that, we, you know, basically the policy was, Hey, if you're in these areas, you know, close to the office, we'd like you to be in the office two to three days a week. Um, that's sort of like what we think right looks like. And we'd like for you to work from home two to three days a week. Right. Um, and you kind of pick if it's two or three and, and then ultimately, we want you uh, to support your leader, your team leader, and we want your team leader to work with the with the teams that are you know sort of surrounding them and supporting them to come up with what are the right days, you know, trying to balance that you know, everybody has a little bit different you know uh, thing in their life. Maybe it's kids, you know, home or you know different things, but to the degree possible, if we can center on a couple of days that work for sort of most of the, most of those teams, most of those people on those teams, let's commit to doing that together. It could be, Hey, let's all try to be there Tuesday, Wednesday, or let's all try to be there Monday, Friday, because that's what sort of works best for the team and our commitment together that we want to do that, not just for ourselves, but Hey, it's really important to this other group that we do it together. Like in that case, like product management and engineering, that was a, that was, that was, that was one or, or, or like, you know, marketing and sales, for example. So, that's how, how we've rolled that out. Um, you know, one of the things that we're, we're still learning about it, you know, it does create some ambiguity, right? It puts a lot of emphasis and a lot of uh, expectation on those team leaders 
because they're going to have to balance, you know, like each individual situation and what they're trying to do with their own team. And then those teams that they really you know need to need to collaborate with, but it seems to be working pretty well. So I'd say we landed on something that's a hybrid and, um, uh, and creating quite a bit of autonomy, but, but doing it with a purpose around growth and, and, and teamwork. You know, Kevin, recently we did a blog on the difference between autonomy and anarchy. Yeah. And I'd love to hear that. <laughs> one of the keys, Emrose, you could send that to Kevin if you want. Yeah. But one of the keys is that autonomy is based in a shared purpose and people trust that person to do things that fit with the purpose. Mm, right. Um, in this case, I, I just really love the process you went through. One, noticing the pressure for haste, stopping, taking a breath and saying the stakes are too high for haste to be ruling what I do. Two, to notice that, wait a minute, in the haste, I'm dealing with a sea of opinion. <laughs> right. You know, we got to upgrade that to a conversation about what do we know to be true? Right. So it was crazy. You decided to collect facts. And that elevated the discussion and then gave you a place to start asking, well, what are, what are you committed to and what are we committed to? Right. Which then brought you to some sort of guidance system that is the source of autonomy. Okay, make choices conscious of whether or not they actually help the teamwork that grows the cybrary contribution. So now you gave people a place to stand where they can't just be individuals doing whatever feels right for me. You've got to stand in the communal commitment to growth and team. So I, I think that makes really prudent sense. Well, you know, I found out a few things in the process too. I actually think not only I found out some things, but the team found out some things too in that fact gathering piece. So um, one of those things was, well, we found out not everybody lives in our like indrivable distance to the office. So, um, so what does that mean? Like, okay, then if, cause I really thought about this, which is okay. Well, if we believe like some opinions that the only way we can really collaborate and be good teammates is if we're, you know, in the same place, what message does that send to the people we've hired that aren't in this place? Like, what does that mean? Does that mean that they can't contribute and collaborate and we don't think that that works well for them? Like, why do we hire them? Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then I, I was talking to our, our head of HR who said, and hey, by the way, you know, we've got a number of open roles where, you know, we're, we're starting to kind of lean heavier on, on, on remote because we found that it's, you know, we can source some great talent by opening up the pool to these other places. And I'm like, wow. So we're about to center policy that kind of says that, you know, the only way to really be valued here is to be in the office. Um, but, you know, we have people who aren't here and we're thinking about even opening that, you know, wider. So, that was really interesting. So then we had to say, okay, um, well, if it's not really like, what do we think about those people that are remote already? Should they, you know, this is back to the commitment piece and the, the, which is, all right. So if we make this policy, what is our commitment as a leadership team in future hiring um, as well as employees who are already not in this area? Right. So are we, are we, we, we need to be consistent about that as a leadership team. We need to, we need to talk about those commitments. Does that mean that they can no longer work here? Um, you know, does that mean that we will no longer hire people who aren't here? Um, what does that ultimately mean? So we had to set some, some, 
it wasn't just for the people that, you know, sort of were in our local area, which is, I think the way that, you know, the team was kind of framing it up. Mm. It, it was a much, it was a much wider sort of aperture on that decision. Well, and um, Kevin, I know you have an interesting perspective that sort of guided your thinking through this about the, re- the relationship between the individual and the organization and then the yeah. team plays into that. Do you want to speak to that a little bit and how yeah. that's contributed? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is something that I'm learning, uh, you know, and still, still kind of uh, trying to trying to do better at, which is, you know, as I think about the culture that I'm trying to drive, um, I really want a team that thinks about, you know, what's what's best for the company. How do I drive the company objectives as sort of, you know, how they think about first and then, you know, my team, you know, my group second and myself third. That's sort of the culture that I, that I want to inspire. And in doing that, when I've had a lot of these conversations with, with, with teams or people, I don't think that's the default into, into how people are running this through their, their, their pair, you know, whatever paradigm they are. You know, I'll talk to people and it's like, I'll hear things like, hey, you know what? I, don't, I really don't need to be in the office to do my job. You know, I can do everything I need to do from, you know, sitting, sitting in my house. I never need to come to the office. And I'll, I ha- I've had to take some pause to think about and ask this question about, well, what might others need from you uh, or what might be missing from others, the enrichment, you know, that you have back to the purpose of, you know, it, it's, it's the teamwork and, you know, um, it's those, those elements that could be not showing up for other people that you're not even really realizing or factoring into this equation. So I've had to, uh, you know, and I'm still in the process of really trying to think about that and get others to think about that, which is when we look through this lens of how do I want to work? I think something has to show up in there about, okay, well, how would others, you know, how do I enrich others work as well? Um, and if I'm not there, what impact does that have on it? And so anyway, that's how I think about it. I'm not at the end of, you know, sort of my thinking on that. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, it is something where I'm asking those questions and just sort of leaving it there for people to consider at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, we're finding, that particular dilemma, a lot of places, but I don't think people are giving people the question to, to bask in for a while like you are, which is how do you respect, care for your individual situation while being an impactful, respectful member of this community? You know, how do we care for both of those without acting like it's a binary choice? And yeah. I know there's not an easy answer when it's not a binary choice, but I love that you keep posing the question because then you're having people think with you about this challenge rather than wait for proclamation from you. Yeah, that's true. Um, Kevin, I know that you've said that your employees tend to skew towards the younger generation. Right. And since this is a podcast that focuses on generational difference and what we can learn from that, I'm curious if you have in your research noticed anything about the perspectives or the values, the things people care about in the younger generation that you think have impacted what your approach to the policy decision was? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, one of the things I would say is um, don't assume too much, you know, uh, 
we all come from our own bias and our own sort of lives and our own everything. And so I definitely have learned a lot, um, you know, and, and I, and, you know, just, you know, heard things that, that I was surprised about um, in this process. You know, some people don't, you know, some of our employees don't have a car. They don't want to, and it's a choice. They don't want to have a car. Um, you know, so like certain things when, when certain, uh, things happen, like transportation, you know, is a fact, like a factor, like, you know, um, that was an interesting thing. You know, I think just, um, where I'm at, you know, I have three kids, but they're older, right. They're, they're, um, uh, and you know, my, my team, uh, has very, you know, young families. And so this whole thing about like this going around now with Delta, they're not so much worried about necessarily themselves. They're worried about their children. Right. And what going to work and then, and then, you know, going back home might mean to their children. And, and so, you know, that's a whole different, like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if I put myself back when I was that age and, you know, I had kids that age, I'd be thinking about that same thing. I guarantee it. So, you know, I think um, it, it's, it's really the best thing to do is not assume that, you know, um, because and just really ask questions and have a genuine interest in hearing, you know, how things are showing up for people. And if you do that, that's going to open up, you know, a lot of, a lot of these facts that you may not have ever considered, um, you know? And so for me, that's, that's been, that's been great. And it's made me think about things. And um, I love the fact that, that I, I learned, you know, I learned a lot about our, our employees too in, in this, in this you know, process of just asking these questions and it's, it's been, it's been, it's been good. You know, you're looking at this whole thing, at least it seems to me, Kevin, as an inquiry rather than answering the question, how do I get them to do the thing I want them to do? <laughs> and yeah. that, that in itself, uh, I, I think it takes, some intellectual and emotional discipline to stay there. In our experience, you live your way to better answers if you do that. But the press on you coming in after they had this extended search for a new CEO, they're impatient for the arrival now of the anointed leader. Yeah. <laughs> you walk in the door, these are the unmade decisions and we need you to weigh in on and make these right away. How has choosing inquiry over rapid instruction impacted the productivity of the company? Like, how is that affecting the growth and teamwork of Cybrary? Is yeah. that helping? Is it delaying? Is it hurting? Because this inquiry hurting. over yeah. instruction is interesting because instruction looks fast. Yeah. Inquiry seems slow. Yeah, it does. I, I think it's, um, it, it's, it'll, it's yet to be determined. Um, you know, uh, the results, you know, the results are going to speak for themselves. I have no, uh, no, no question about that in time. Uh, you know, for me, the, I, I believe that, you know, I'm confident that we're doing the right things. Um, you know, the other, the other thing I, I was, I would just say here, which is, um, you know, not being too stuck in the decisions that you made, um, to, to, to say, Hey, I learned something new. And we're going to change our, we're going to change this because right now, like you said, and when we started this, you know, um, there's a whole new thing now you know, it, we thought we were sort of maybe at the end and we're finding out that maybe we're not, who knows where we are in this. So, uh, I think you have, 
you know, you have to let your ego go about the decisions that you made and, and, and say, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to make good decisions and we're going to take in new data as it comes and make new good decisions. And even if that means what I decided in the past, we're going to change. Uh, now, I'm trying to do that in a way that's respectful and, and thoughtful because talking about, you know, these these things take some time. Like if you have people that have to make different childcare arrangements or, you know, think about how they're going to commute or, or, you know, how they're going to manage things with their, with their, with their partners. Um, those things can, they need a little lead, a little lead time. And so at the same time, but I'll, I'll give you an example. So I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, we just, you know, I, I was on the airplane back when I, when I landed, I had a, a message that said, Hey, uh, Maryland just is requiring everybody to wear masks again um, indoors. That's the new policy. We don't have, you know, like, so tomorrow morning, you know, tomorrow morning, everybody's wearing a mask again. So these things can happen pretty fast. Um, and so, you know, uh, I think in that regard, you know, having something that you're saying, hey, we're going to be consistent with these things. In that case, it was we're going to follow the law. We're going to do what's right for the health and safety of our, our team. And we're going to follow what the CDC says. Um, and so, you know, when new things happen, you have something to fall back on. You know, Kevin, I think purpose is what, if we're being wise, changes the slowest. Um, methods should change a lot faster based on the dynamics of the situation. Right. And some people react to what you said about don't be afraid to revisit your decisions like, you know, somebody's ambivalent or a flip-flopper or hmm, <laughs> Not if you are as stable as you're saying you're having everybody be inside of the purpose, which is about teamwork that grows the cyber contribution. That's right. So I, I just want to highlight that's not ambivalent. That's not flip-flopping. You actually remind me of, I have a transcript someplace from an interview from years ago with Peter Drucker, where somebody was asking him, what are some of the practices that he saw that were a part of the lives of leaders he admired the most. And he said one of the ones he admires the most as a practice that fits with leaders he thought were really great leaders is that at minimum of every six months, they would stop and revisit what they thought were the biggest decisions they made during that time. What did they believe would happen as a function of those decisions? <laughs> what has really happened? And what does that tell you now? So, there's somebody with some reasonable credibility who's actually saying something similar, something similar to what you're saying. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know, um, I had to win the hearts and minds and, uh, you know, of the team. I was, you know, I had to converge with this team uh, and I had to do it quick and I had to do it in a way that, you know, was a little, little weird with all the stuff going on, you know? And, um, and so I, I, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't, um, I don't think at this point, knowing what I know now, do anything different, you know, three months ago um, with regards to this. I, I do feel like, um, you know, having this purpose of, okay, everything's grounded in, you know, we want to be together for a reason. And that's because we think that there's, you know, we want to grow and we think that um, sometimes being together purposely, you know, in the right ways will accelerate that. And, but, but we also don't want to come to the office you sort of walk in the door, go sit in our chair and not talk to anybody. Like <laughs> that's not going to help the purpose. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, yeah, I think being, being, you know, having the purpose first. And for me, it was kind of nice because I had to create a, 
a mission and a vision for the organization anyway. And so it all, it all, you know, it all came in uh, to frame for, for me and the team. Beautiful. Well, Kevin, this has been really refreshing for me to feel the real-time thought processes you've gone through and are still in so that something that's got the, the size of impact on people's lives at this question of what's our work environment, that you treat it seriously and allow it to evolve rather than make cheap closure the order of the day. Uh, Emrose, anything you want to say to tie a ribbon around our conversation? Yeah. So Kevin, as we move towards the end here, I'm wondering if you could give other leaders that are navigating a similar challenge, a single piece of advice, what would you say? I, th- I think you have, they would have to think deeply about their purpose of being together. Um, so, so what is their purpose and how's that going to show up? How, how do they actually live that purpose? Because I think it's really interesting. You know, you talk about the company that's been remote since they found, they've never been together, right? They've always been remote. My guess is they could probably fulfill their purpose being fully remote and never seeing each other. So I think it's really different. So I think each leader would have to really inspect their purpose and then how that's going to show up and build everything around that would be my advice. Well, that's interesting. I like, instead of I'm the boss, we're going to make the purpose the boss. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It'll tell us what to do. Yeah, that's really great. Well, Kevin, thanks for sharing this with us. It's it's really been illuminating. We are grateful. I look forward to hearing the everybody else's perspective on this too. There, there's no, there's no, recipe here. <laughs> I wish there was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If 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 you have the manual, could you email it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey Haynes at cyberay.it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. All right. Bye everybody. This episode was produced by Guy Connolly. Original artwork is by Dana Buckingham and music is by a cast of characters. Special thanks to Converse's extended community who inspire the continued evolution of our work and stand with us in our commitment to change leadership, business, and the world through conversation. You can learn more about Conversant at www.conversant.com. On Connection is created and produced by the members of Conversant. Awakening the world to the power and joy of authentic human connection, we set a new standard for leadership that produces meaningful, enduring impact. Until next time.